Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Joel and Andy today talking about three simple ways to improve your lead quality. Here we are. Three. That's a magic number. Oh, God. Yes, it is. That's a magic Mr. number. Spoiler, Mr. Spoiler Alert over what here. What does it all mean? If only I had my turntable, I could do my, my scratching. Doesn't work on the chairs. Do you remember when BBC Three came out and that was the theme tune? Was it? Why mm. can't you get that song on Amazon Music or Spotify? How does that work? You get loads of other De La Soul songs, but not that one. Really? Yeah. Someone owned the uh, rights to just that song, probably. Well, it's a cover, which I didn't realise, from a, like some 60s song. So maybe someone owns the, the rights yeah. to that. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I suppose we're not here to talk about three in that, in that regard. No. Three simple ways to improve lead quality. Yeah. That got all serious, didn't it, for a, yeah. for a new year? Uh, yeah, well, I but suppose. It, but it's so important, because what do people want in their business? Most business owners, they want more leads, because that'll give them more sales or more appointments or will it yeah well i guess because the issue the issue you have as a business owner i think is when you're really busy sometimes more leads coming in can feel really overwhelming but never cut the head off the snake if you do that you'll you could come a cropper you know if, if the world takes a turn for the worse and you've decided not to generate any more leads because you've got enough that, what would you say a lead is for people who are maybe new in business? So one of our mentors would say it's a person, someone you're able to talk to. Um, and I'd go along with that. It's the opportunity for a conversation, I think, is is a, a lead. If, mm-hmm. if you're not able to have a justified conversation with them, they're not really a lead yet. Okay. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I suppose the, the marketing that sells formula that we've developed, we don't deal in leads, we deal in qualified targeted leads so someone could say oh yeah joel i'm interested in buying your widget but ideally you want that person to be someone who's who's really keen who's the right demographic who's more more likely to buy because you know some people they're they're tire kickers i mean bloody hell most business owners have have had their fingers burnt by bending over backwards and time to try and help someone who's got no intention of buying from them so I guess the levels of lead gen, I mean, one I know produces terrible leads is, you know, when you go to a, an expo and uh, someone's got a goldfish bowl and it's put your business card in the bowl. Never won once. To win an iPad. And obviously everyone puts their business card in the bowl. And so in your head, you've gone back with 500 leads. Well, the only conversation you're justified in opening up with those people is, did they or did they not win the iPad? And the only thing they care about is, did they or did they not win the iPad? So... You've actually, you've actually kind of shot yourself in the foot there. And then I guess like the next one up from that is sign up to our newsletter. You see that on a lot of websites, but there's no reason to sign up to the newsletter. So it's just in the footer, sign up to the newsletter. And then three months down the line, the client says, well, we haven't had any newsletter sign-ups. And it's like, well, have you sent any newsletters? No. <laughs> well, okay. Um, and then it starts to get a bit smarter. So you'll see e-commerce websites that say, join our new mailing list and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. So then you're starting to get more of a reason to open a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like you say, with ours, like hot qualified leads, it's, uh, is this the right person? Do they live in the right place? Do they have the right disposable income? Do they have the right interests? Are they willing to leave their email or phone number or both behind? 
and therefore you've got multiple reasons to speak to them. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's exactly why Facebook doesn't like like and share competitions, why it's actually breaking their terms and conditions, because Facebook knows if you're saying something like, um, you know, win a dinner for four at my restaurant if you like and share my page, for example, Facebook knows that people are only going to like and share your page because they want the dinner for yeah. four. They, they're, they're not really interested in your business. So when they don't win, when you start posting on your page... You, They'll, you'll be so far down. You just have to keep doing the same thing. You yeah, just have to keep doing like and shares. Yeah. All about all about relevance. Um, so, like you say, narrowing down the audience. That's 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 a, that. Well, should we start with there? Um, that's 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 a good place, isn't it? Because if you throw enough shit at the wall, something will stick, and that's how a lot of people approach their marketing. Whereas, okay, that might be okay, but wouldn't you rather get the biggest bang for your buck to know the money you're spending? is attracting the people most likely to buy not anyone and everyone yeah i mean to plug ourselves the first chapter in our book is called fuck everything else until you do this Mm -hmm. and it's about nailing your niche and uh an issue lots of businesses have with their lead quality is because they haven't been as specific as they should be at the start they end up with lots of leads that are a bit wishy-washy so uh an example in our industry might be Sign up for our 2022 list on how to nail your Facebook advertising. And then if you if your audience is too broad, you'll just end up with a load of people who want to do Facebook advertising. You won't end up with, let's say, you're a marketing company that specializes in cars, so car sales rooms. You should only be targeting people who work in, car, in the car industry. Yeah. And... If you're not, or if you've been slightly loose with your targeting, you're going to end up with a lot of leads that, yes, they may convert, but they'll be harder to convert. They'll be harder to work with. You have to change some of your processes. And so is that a good lead or is that taking your eye off the ball? Okay. And what about people who, I mean, obviously what's, what's really important in our opinion for your marketing to work is that you need to have an ad budget. Mm. You need to be able to be, prepared and able to pay to acquire a new customer and if you can't then well we're not financial advisors but our advice probably will find the money somewhere legally to do that but what about people who are as well as doing paid for ads and targeting specific demographics what about people who are posting organically or maybe that you know they, they got a lot of investment in their website so what can you do in terms of the content you put out there organically to try and attract more of the people most likely to buy off you yeah so I, I guess what you're talking about to start with there is cost per lead and then down from that cost per acquisition of a new customer and obviously that's much harder to track on your organic than it is on your paid because your investment on your organic is your time so unless you assign a monetary value to that but if it's the wording on your website, it has to be talking to the person that you want to become your lead. If it's the wording in a social media post, it has to be talking to the person that you want to become a lead. So a technique that you talk about a lot is the so that. So it's, would you like a free Facebook guide for 2022 so that your car sales room sells more cars? And suddenly you've spoken to the car sales room mm-hmm. people. You've told them why they should want the guide. And then you've asked, you've asked the question. And what you'll see with a lot of organic content, particularly on websites where the temptation is to just talk about yourself and list all your benefits, is you're actually not 
talking to a specific demographic you're just talking and so if you specialize in hairdressers so i don't know maybe you sell uh brooms for hairdressers I mean, it's quite a, that's a very specific niche but really good at picking up the hairs right and you talk about all the benefits of your broom but you never mention hairdressers and then a robe sweeper buys your broom and they complain because it's rubbish at getting the mess off the road you've got a problem mm-hmm. you've not only generated a, a bad lead you've generated a lead that's actually going to cost you money and that's that's the thing you see with organic that uh, a mistake that loads of businesses make yeah yeah so so, so words matter absolutely like I say I mean what's a good example maybe McDonald's I suppose a lot of the big boys there <coughs> excuse me their tonality of writing how they write the words they use the emojis they use the images they use it's all targeting that specific demographic yeah yeah exactly that I mean I remember the shift so McDonald's used to target families uh, in the 90s with the use of little characters uh, Hamburglar yeah the Hamburglar yeah. and there was that big purple thing who and the others Ronald McDonald was the main Ronald McDonald Hamburglar can't think now no I can't must be a McNugget person there was all sorts of the Hamburglar and Ronald McDonald yeah. were the real standouts yeah. weren't they um, but, but they realised that that only targeted young children and their parents but they wanted a broader demographic than that so they changed they got Justin Timberlake to write the I'm loving it jingle yeah. and that's stuck till now so that I mean we it's got to be 20 plus years now that and well, how much money that's made it's crazy isn't it did he co- did he do it with someone else yeah there was a song initially wasn't there and it was yeah. like ba, da, ba, ba, ba. Oh. a bit better than that but <laughs> um, but yeah they they changed their tonality almost and and their brand to be uh, more inclusive um, which is actually usually the opposite of what you should do normally you're being too broad and you actually want to become tighter but when you've got millions of restaurants all over the world you can you can change the rules I mean I suppose this is the thing to be clear that you know for for, say a small business so your number of leads might actually go down but the quality of the leads will go up which sort of brings us on to another point about asking for a phone number you know to try and differentiate the people who are who are who are seriously interested versus the ones who are again just tie kicking asking for a phone number on your kind of ad or your call to action that can make a difference because let's face it not everyone wants to part with their phone number yeah yeah exactly that so if you think about it from the user perspective so someone sees your ad visits your website whatever it might be and they leave their email address behind as the listener now you know that you've done that before that your email address is quite a low value piece of real estate you kind of bit willy nilly with Mm -hmm. it and it's very easy to unsubscribe from stuff so you're quite happy to leave it behind you try unsubscribing a phone number it's much harder to ring up a company and say I'd rather you didn't call me again so what you can expect then is for the lead to cost you slightly more and, and historically we've seen sort of a 30% increase in the cost per lead if you ask for a phone number but if you ask most companies I can get you a name and email address or a name and email address and a phone number would they be willing to pay 30% more for that the answer is yes mm-hmm. now conversely to that what's happened in the last sort of six months is actually the cost per leads less if you ask for a phone number because what's going on is Facebook or Google or LinkedIn has realised that you're serious about what you do 
and that once you get a couple of leads over the line, it learns the sort of people it should be showing it to. And actually, you're, you're niching through the technicality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Because, I mean, there is a bit, a bit of fear, I suppose, isn't there, about, oh I, I, oh, I can't ask for people's phone number, or no one want to give a phone number. But sometimes, or well, do your search, but it's a case if you don't ask, you don't get. And we've been surprised. I mean... I think pretty much all clients now, if we're running lead gen ads for them, we're asking for the phone number. Um, then that does open them up. You know, we've got to first of, first of all establish and make it clear with the clients that these phone numbers are not to be abused. Hopefully that goes without saying. You know, no one wants to get bloody called at you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. But when done correctly, having a conversation, bringing that personal touch back into the small business mm. world, which I think has largely been forgotten about or maybe hidden about, hidden behind emails and things like that whereas you know actually speaking to a real human being who is genuinely keen to see if they can serve you to see if there's a good match that's a rare thing these days yeah yeah absolutely it's um it's weird isn't it how like we can all fall into that trap of um thinking we're pestering people or thinking no one's going to want this or everyone's going to want this and actually when you think about a lead as a person as we mentioned before, and that all you're doing is trying to have a conversation with them. So mm -hmm. you're not, I mean, if your first approach with your lead is, I've got this 62 grand car, do you want it? Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> whereas. Yeah. yeah, you've got to, yeah, absolutely, you've got to do it right. Yeah, whereas if, you know, maybe you've sent them a guide into, I don't know, how to valet their car, and then. Yeah, have you talked about this before? Did you. Was it Gary V who said you, you mentioned on a on a podcast something about you? You've got to literally give before you to receive. receive. Yeah, and so, so many small businesses don't. So actually, that's one of our clients t told me that. But um, Gary V, Gary V, a client now. Brilliant. No, Gary V backed it up. But yeah, one of our clients, um, he's in the auction game, and he went to see a really old gent about taking a lot of his collection off him because right. the, the old guy knew. It time wasn't on his hands as such and wanted to make sure it he got rid of it and that the money went to his family and whatnot and when he got there this old guy gave him a bottle of a really nice bottle of Malbec and uh he was like well I'm coming to see you to take take stuff off you and the old guy said no he said my first interaction with anyone is I always give them something oh, I mean. he said well, why did you do that he said because givers receive and uh like B&I's motto, isn't it? You know, breakfast networking isn't for everyone, but I think that's one thing that B&I did nail correctly, that givers gain. You're just more likely to, to get back if you're out there offering rather than you, you ask for someone's phone number on an ad, then from day one all you do is call them and badge them, say, shouting, buy my stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, if, I, if there's any mistake I've made with networking in terms of physical face-to-face -face networking, it was because I was such a small business at the time it was very hard to go into the room and say, oh, I could do some help with that, I could do with that, I could do with yeah. that. And actually, in hindsight, I know now, if I, if I, I was able to yeah. do that, it would have served me well. Yeah, no, brilliant points, brilliant points. But what about, um, say, in terms of like, th three simple ways to improve lead quality? So we talk about like, narrowing down your audience, we talk about um, asking for a phone number. If we talk about budget, because again, there's no getting away from the fact that if you want to generate inquiries, you're much better off investing some money into 
properly run advertising and testing and measuring so so you do get a return on investment um very hard to rely on the magic word of mouth fairy i mean what what is the kind of minimum budget a business needs to be looking at i mean every campaign should start with a testing budget anyway so a a typical testing budget would be between five and twenty pounds a day to figure out how your audience reacts how long would you sort of I know it depends on where they are. Yeah, and depends on type meet. There's a lot of factors, which I know people hate marketing companies saying that, but if you're trying to launch a campaign near Black Friday, don't. (laughs) I mean, a a business approached us years and years ago, and they wanted to test Facebook ads out for the first time. Um, And an average sale for them would be £30,000. Okay, so pretty, pretty big sum of money. He wanted to spend a pound a day on Facebook ads for one week and it's like that's not going to work and he couldn't get his head around that um, which which is my bad for not being able to explain it clearly but yes yeah, £7 spent to test and measure how effective Facebook ads would be in terms of generating him a £30,000 sale um, I mean how so, val- I guess the way we would address that now is how valuable do you think that data is going to be to you if you've only spent £7 on it so uh a rough rule of thumb for Facebook is if your audience has got 10,000 people in it, expect to spend £10 a day. That's a very, very mm-hmm. rough rule of thumb. Okay, that's good. That's a good tip. Most people's audiences have got considerably more than 10,000 people in it, particularly if you're geographically quite broad. Uh, a local business, maybe not. So, that, But it's you'll know because it, uh, Facebook will be unable to spend all of your ad mm-hmm. spend. Um, and, and you can apply... You know, <coughs> Do a quick Google. There's similar rules for Google, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, but what people don't seem to realise is it doesn't work the other way. You can't go as low as possible to test because all that happens is every day your budget spends before it's mm-hmm. created a lead or before it's created a click or mm-hmm. before it's created a view. And what you'll find then is you spend loads of money and nothing's happened, so you'll get the false impression that advertising doesn't work and sometimes it can be a real shock. You know, we've got clients where a lead costs £100. We've got clients where a lead costs £4. And it's about finding the the right point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would there be a rough, rough rule of thumb, do you think, in how long, I don't know, how long is a piece of string, how long someone's got to give it? Say if we're talking talk about Facebook ads, for example, to test and measure it. What's, what's a, the minimum? A really good marketer will know in a month exactly what's going on, okay. I would say. But three months is a fair period of time to test the waters. And, and Facebook, like, or whichever platform you're using, has to learn the audience as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, when we launch a campaign, we launch with 10 audiences from the mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. If you expect us to then learn about all 10 of those audiences within a week, so less than a day per audience, it's not going to happen. But if you want campaigns that are going to serve you well for the long term, then you're better off being a bit slow at the beginning and setting a good foundation. Yeah. I mean, that's, some, that's something important, isn't it, when you're talking about who you're targeting. We, we know because we've taken over Facebook ad accounts and they're sort of one ad targeting one group of people. So when we talk about test and measuring to, to get the biggest bang for your buck, we mean testing 
different headlines, different images, maybe different videos, maybe different types of ads, um, different audience types. Whereas sometimes people might think, well, I'm, I don't know, I'm selling cars, uh, I'm selling, I don't know, play Peugeot. So I'm going to target anyone over the age of 17 who's interested in Peugeot. And they won't test any other audiences. They won't break that down any further. So when we talk about test and measuring, we're talking about extensive research. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's really thinking outside of the box in terms of what what your audience is about. So if you sell tennis rackets, chances are they like tennis. Then, okay, which tennis players do they like? Do they mainly like male tennis players? Do they mainly like female tennis players? What other brands are they interested in? So do typically do tennis players also play golf or do typically tennis players also like swimming? And then, okay, off the back of that, what influencers and celebrities do they like? So Judy Murray, for example, not mm-hmm. a tennis player, but very heavily involved in tennis or Cliff Richard, <laughs> you know, who always shows his face at Wimbledon. And you can kind of really start to stretch the boundaries of, of where your niche hangs out. So they like tennis. Where do they hang out? Probably at the local tennis club. Is there a local tennis club? No. Okay, where can, where can you play tennis locally? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the local park. It's the local fitness club. And you start to really understand more about it. And then, you you know, here we would go, like we'd look at Wimbledon and we'd look at who are the sponsors of Wimbledon. So what are the major brands associated mm-hmm. to tennis? So for a long time it was Robinson's, wasn't it? So then yep. you would look at that. And I think it's Highland Spring now. Okay. Um, and, you know, Rolex sponsors the clock at Wimbledon. So you, you can kind of make these associations. And then, but the key thing is, must be interested in tennis. Because it doesn't matter if, I don't know, they love Joe Wicks. And weirdly, everyone that likes tennis likes Joe Wicks. It's no good if yeah. they don't also like tennis. Okay, okay. So that's, I mean, in terms of three things then, what else could we add to it? So we've got, now down your audience. Yeah. Test asking for a phone number. Yep. And then consider your minimum ad budget and I guess, you know, and, and the extensive testing and measuring of different audiences and ad formats. Yeah. Um, well, to, to sort of wrap things up, any other kind of thing we could do to, 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 to get more leads, but most importantly, to improve that quality of leads? Because I've got to say, it's a quick point to say, if Facebook throws up little posts to you as a page admin saying, oh, give us 20 quid to boost this post and we can reach X number of people. <laughs> don't, don't do, do that. Cause that really is the throw enough shit at the wall approach. Yeah. And you might think, Oh, that's well, 20 quid. Brilliant. I could reach 10,000 people with 20 quid. Okay. But would you rather reach 20,000 people with that 20 quid who are more likely to buy more targeted? Yeah. Yeah. Or would you rather reach 10 people who do? Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Yes. That's why we talk about, you know, what does hit stand for? How idiots track sales? If all you're fussed about is I want a thousand visitors to my site, do you, or do you rather have yeah. ten visitors to your site who all buy off you? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, but ultimately, I think my my top tip would be if you're speaking to a lead, if you're in conversation with a lead, and you've got that hunch that this was this has been a nice chat, not necessarily leading to a sale because not all leads will lead to a sale, but this has been a nice chat. I've imparted some value here. This person's mm. going away with more than they had before we started this call, this conversation, this video chat. Just ask them, who else do you know that I can help? Because they won't mind. And it's it's not a cheeky question because you've just given them a lot of value. But chances are, using the tennis example, if you're chatting to someone who likes tennis, they probably know other people that like tennis. So they can pretty much do the qualifying for you? Yeah. 
And that is one of the lowest cost ways to acquire new leads. And again, I suppose it's just asking the question, like asking for a phone number, just asking if they know anyone else. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen people incentivize that. So you bring on a new client and it's, uh, you know, it could be, this is the price. But if you refer us to 10 people who who you also play tennis with, this is the price. Imagine how powerful that could be for your lead gen. Well, incentives work, we know that. Whether they're good or bad. So, if people want to know more, where do they go? If they go to freemarketingbook.co.uk, they'll find out what we're all about. And again, serve before you sell, and you can get your very own PDF on how to create marketing that sells. Nice. And we'll even send you a printed version if you want to. Oh, we're too kind. And then... Oh, you're testing me now, Joel. Oh, oh, I know what the answer is now. You join our brand new free Facebook group community where we'll be sharing more nuggets of wisdom, videos, PDFs, video vaults, you name it. More marketing you can shake a shitty stick at. A shitty stick? Is that the phrase? Just shake a stick at. I don't know where I got the shitty from then. Sorry. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Stay hungry.